And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back in the Beat Lab at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And we have hit that magical little sweet spot in the offseason where we are all kind of on vacation, but we are looking ahead to the start of training camp 2022. And helping me do that, friend of the program, Jesse Merrick from News 3LV here in Las Vegas. And Jesse, welcome in. And we're going to do kind of what we did last year, right? We're going to crack an ice-cold six-pack. We are going to ask some questions. We are going to just discuss, debate, and kind of just try to make some sense of what this team is going to look like in, gosh, a little over a month now when the team reports to camp. So, Jesse, uh, you kind of know the uh, the deal for how we kind of handle this. You are our guest of honor for today. So, <laughs> do you want to take the first step? And I should I should clarify, over the next couple of weeks, Jesse and I are doing offense, defense, and special teams. You know I can't leave my specialist boys out of this. Oh, yeah. And so today, I feel like it, it feels fair and appropriate to kick things off with the offense. So Jesse Merrick from News 3, the floor is yours. All right. So for this one, and I know we're going to talk a little more about the receivers a little bit later here too, but I'm curious to you, who emerges as the true number two in this offense behind Devontae Adams, Renfro or Waller? Oh, boy. Yeah, tough one, That's right? That's a good one. That's a good one to start things off with. My gut tells me oh my gut tells me Renfro I think that's so what too. my that's what my gut tells me and, and I'll tell you tell you why you look at the relationship that Derek and Hunter have built up over the past couple of years and that's not to say him and Darren do not have the same type of relationship but it felt like especially last year when when Waller went down you knew the ball was going to Hen- to Hunter in a big moment. The defense knew the ball was going to Hunter in a big moment. The offense knew. Everyone in the stadium knew. And somehow this dude still ended up making play after play after play after play. Now, I think the beauty of bringing Devontae into the mix in 2022, you're not going to have to ask Hunter to be that guy for 17 weeks. But I think that relationship that him and D.C. have built up, that innate trust that they have when they when they step on the field, whether whether it's at practice or during a game, my gut tells me that it's going to be Renfro. Now, is Waller the far more athletic specimen compared <laughs> to uh, compared to our friend Hunter? Absolutely. Is the big play potential perhaps a little bit bigger with Darren than it is with Hunter? For sure. But I think if you're going to say who emerges as a true number two behind Devante, my money tells me as we sit here and record today, it's going to be Renfro. Yeah, I agree as well. I mean, you noted the trust. You know, all you got to look at is the simple fact that he had 51 conversions last year on receptions. That's how, that was tops on the, in the team right there. And I believe. Don't quote me on this for sure, but I think it's top three, top five uh, in the NFL among receivers. Uh, I was looking at that a while ago when I was working on something over there for uh, News 3. And um, I saw that and was like, wow. You know, I knew it was going to be a high number, 
but 51 receiving receptions that went for a first down. That's a lot. And so simply for that fact, I, I lean that way as well. Also, too, I mean, look at the fact that uh, you know Foster Moreau is going to be in the mix. I think they're going to use a lot of two tight end sets, you know, and uh, that'll maybe come in play here a little bit later as we continue talking about the offense. But you know, I, I just think that Hunter's going to have more opportunities to do it, especially when you look at this offense, you know, with McDaniel's. Look at the history they've got. We know there's history with the tight ends, obviously. But look at the history with those slot receivers. So I think Hunter's going to feast. And also the fact that they threw some money at him first. Yeah, 100%. And I think the, the other part of this, too, is like we look at Hunter's numbers from last year. 103 receptions, north of 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns. You don't need him to do that this year. No. You just don't. You don't need him to be over north of 100 receptions. I mean, unless Derek's throwing the ball 75 times a game or something like that. But like, I just feel like Hunter, and, and I mean this in the best possible way, throughout his career has just made the best of every situation that he's been in. Yeah. Right? Whether he's getting three targets a game, whether he's getting 10 targets a game. I mean, it felt like that, that last month in 2021, he was getting 37 targets a game. But he made the most of each and every single one of them. So I, think, I don't think he's, you know, you look at basketball, right? He doesn't need to be a volume shooter. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be Carmelo Anthony out there. He just needs to be Ray Allen hanging out in the corner waiting for his moment. And so I think when you look at what he brings to the table, what he has done historically, and like his, to your point, they threw some cash money at him. Very well deserved, we should add. 100%. But, but I think that, you know, I think he is going to be that kind of de facto number two behind Devontae. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It really is. It definitely is. And the thing that I keep going back to when I talk about just the three of them is, you know, think about it. They all noted, you know, multiple times each time they spoke that, you know, we're going to have to sacrifice a bit of our Mm -hmm. stats, of our numbers, of all those things. Like, I know it's different because we're a little closer with this team because obviously we cover it. But look around the NFL. What three would you rather have in that position to have to sacrifice and not make a fuss about it? I mean, just three really good dudes. I know that we're all still learning about Devontae. I have plenty of friends that worked in Green Bay that love the guy. You know, they say nothing but good things about him. And then you throw in Waller and Renfro, two dudes that are just not me guys at all. I mean, that's a great situation for the Raiders to be in, to have those guys that are obviously going to sacrifice the, their stats for the betterment of the team, I think, without any question whatsoever. You know, it's funny you bring that up, because we, we were talking about this the other day, about we, we were kind of just joking about the, the state of our locker room, and it, and it feels right now like it's such a good locker room. And, and I think, to be candid, it's been a really, really good locker room for the past, I mean, two, three, four years. It's kind of hard to get, get a gauge on things during the COVID year, yeah. but like... It's a good group of core guys. And we were kind of talking about, like, do we have a diva on this team? And, and I don't think that we do. And, oh. you know, it's you know, not saying that, oh, you need to have a diva or you don't need to have a diva. But just looking at the, the reality of, of the state of this roster, not a lot of me guys, right? Not a lot of guys that are saying, hey, I need these numbers. I need this and that. Like, these are dudes that want to win, that know that this situation in 2022, this is a team that, that looks poised to make some you know really tangible progress and that remains to be seen throughout camp and the regular season obviously but on paper this is a team that is set up to be successful so if it means that hunters target excuse me hunters receptions go from 103 to 60 to your point i don't think there's going to be a lot of of hemming and hawing and oh where you know where am i look so uh, a very good group of guys and and i'm excited to see what they do when they get to camp but jesse shifting a little uh, a little further up front to the big boys my first question to you is where does Denzel Good kind of fit in this offensive line? Yeah. And I think there's a home for him there. I mean, assuredly, there is in some capacity. But what does your gut tell you? And obviously, we will know when we get closer to camp or into camp. But what does it look like for him on this offensive line? What do you think his role is in 2022? I'd imagine he's a starting right guard. You know, in my mind, I think that's the way it's going to go. Very clearly, they want Leatherwood at right tackle. You know, that's at least that's where they want to give him a shot, you know, to see what happens. So to me, I think Denzel Good ends up being that guy because I think John Simpson takes that next step. 
You know, we see that he is that guy that's kind of that grinder, that road grader. And I think maybe he he expands his role a little bit more, maybe gets a little better in pass protection. Because let's be real, look at the weapons they have, as we just talked about. They're going to be throwing the ball a bit more probably. But uh, having said that, yeah, I think Denzel Good fits in there at right guard and hopefully can come back and, and really just solidify things right there. And then to me, the biggest question is just going to be what happens at right tackle? Does Leatherwood lock it down? Does he take that next big step after moving around all over the place? And so I would say Denzel goes there, kind of settles things a bit on that side of the line, and then we see some you know consistency there out of that right guard spot. I think you used the perfect word there for just kind of settling things yeah. on that side of the line. I mean, you look at Denzel Good, and he tweeted this out as we, you know, I guess, technically be last week by the time that this comes out. But he goes, rehab's been going great to anyone that's been asking. Shout out to my boy Drew Ski G. Shout out Drew on our training staff, by the way, uh, for pushing me and having, my, having me feeling like 2020 again. It's been a long and hard process. Pause, which I think was kind of funny that he put in there. But I'm excited <laughs> to be able to compete with my team soon. And, and you look at Denzel, and he appeared in just one game last year, right? But we have seen now that he is a guy that when he is healthy, when he is right, he is a very, very quality piece of an offensive line. And he came into Oakland as kind of a, quote, depth piece. Yeah. And give him credit because he is certainly a lot more than that. He has evolved. His game has gotten better. I think that his body has changed in a positive way. He is a quality offensive lineman in the NFL. So I, I kind of agree with you where I look at him. There, There is a home for him. My gut tells me, like you, you kind of said, that it is at right guard. But he's one of those dudes that in, in a pinch, he can play left guard. I don't know if he has center capabilities. But anywhere on that interior of the offensive line, he is one of those dudes that you can kind of piece around. You can kind of fill him in where need be. And, you know, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have talked about this a lot. They said, hey, the best five are going to go out there. Yeah. We'll figure it out, right? We will figure out the positions and who ends up where. But, he, but the goal is to put the best five out there. And I have a feeling by the time training camp wraps up and we have gone through a marathon preseason, Denzel Good is going to be one of those top five offensive linemen. Yeah, I'd imagine so, too. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he play tackle at one point, too? I believe he did. I, I think in like a Two pinch, years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think in a pinch he did. I mean, he's just a versatile dude, man. I mean, yeah. he is a guy that you look at good NFL teams and they have players like Denzel Good. Exactly. Right? Like, And I know he's not the flashiest. I know uh, he doesn't have the sexiest name. And, and I understand that, like, you know... He is a lineman, so he's not going to get the shine that he probably deserves. Yeah. But good NFL teams, teams that make you know noise in the postseason and are successful throughout the course of a season, you have to have dudes like Denzel Good. You just have to. Yeah, he, he's that kind of could be that quote unquote like glue guy along yeah. the offensive line, you know. And and you noted the versatility. That was the buzzword. Hey, leading into the draft, after mm-hmm. the draft, of all the guys that they took. And Denzel Good personifies that 100%. You noted, yeah, I don't know if he's got any center experience, but I wouldn't be shocked if he could line up and do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, so that's he, he's a really interesting piece because I think he also gives them some insurance at right tackle if things don't quite work out with Leatherwood. Obviously, again, I expect it to happen. I know, you know some fans feel a certain type of way about him, but that was his rookie year. It's hard mm-hmm. to do. And then also moving around to multiple spots. So I think now moving back into that spot where he can say, hey, look, you're going to get this work in at right tackle and then having a guy look good there that can fill in the gaps wherever you need him to. But again, I think it's going to be right tackle for sure. And you and I have talked, right about, guard. You and I have talked about this before where fans giving Alex a hard time for, for his rookie campaign. Uh, let us not forget those same, those very same fans did the exact same thing to Colton Miller when he was a rookie. Yeah. Right? You know, a little different situations, but at the core, dudes that perhaps didn't have the the ultimate rookie season, and it worked out pretty good for for, uh, for the Raiders franchise left tackle. Yeah. Just saying. And I always point to, to, and look, different positions, different guys, obviously. And I, I know people are you compared him to a Hall of Famer, yeah. but like Peyton Manning, man, look at his rookie year. Yeah. It was miserable. Yeah. If you write him off right then and there, like, boom, you know? So look, like, it happens. The NFL is hard. 
not everybody walks in and is a stud right away, no matter what school you come from. Like, it's a learning process, and it's clear that he's put the work in because he's already leaned out. Colton was talking about it. Even even Alex was talking about it himself. You know, leaned out a bit and is really concentrated on the hands as well, really working those fits and everything like that. So I'm excited to see how he comes back now. Yeah, I, I am too. And I think that he, for better or for worse, is going to be one of the uh, guys that has a spotlight on him all yeah. throughout training camp. And, and I think that when we get out of camp, it'll be very interesting to see how not only he's dealt with kind of that extra set of eyes on him, but really how he's progressed on the field too. Because, you know, he's talked about it and and I think he's been very candid about some of the things that he wished were a little bit better as a rookie. But like at the end of the day, this is a dude who's like, it. you know, I hear it, I acknowledge it doesn't really matter. It's not going to really impact what I do and how I go to work and how I go about doing that work when I'm in the building. But I I think that uh, certainly all of us here internally very much pulling for uh, for Mr. Leatherwood in year two. Oh, 100%. You know, to him, it's just got to be white noise. Yep. You know, ignore people like me. Exactly. (laughs) Don't listen. Alex Leatherwood, turn this off. Don't don't be. I I love all the clicks, but we don't need yours, big fella. Exactly. All right, Jesse Mary. Question three in regards to our 2022 offense as we get ready for training camp. What you got? All right. So question three for me, we're going to be sticking with the O line here. And we talked about this a bit before over or under three offensive line combinations this is more so as we go into like the season maybe preseason maybe since we're sticking more training camp here i'm gonna say over yeah i'm gonna say over and and i mean that because or i say that i should say i say that i should say that's a lot of words but uh (laughs) i think that training camp especially for josh mcdaniels dave ziggler first year being here in Las Vegas, going through business, I think they're just going to want to get as many looks as, yeah. as humanly possible, right? Because we talked about it earlier, they're going to put the best five out. They're committed to putting the best five offensive linemen, and this is not going to happen. But if for some odd reason, you're like, maybe Andre James is our right tackle of the future, right? Like, you want to get those looks. Mm-hmm. You want to see what these guys are capable of doing. It's like, you know, I think about it a lot, and obviously we're, we're kind of fresh off the heels of the, of the NBA season wrapping up, but you, I think about like those starting five in basketball, right? There's always going to be a level of, of mixing and matching and seeing who plays well with who in that second unit, right? Like, oh, maybe this guy can shift over and there's a great chemistry there. So I'm going to take the over, a long-winded way to say I'm going to take the over. I think there's a lot of talented offensive linemen in that room, and I think McDaniel, Ziegler, and their staffs are going to want to see as many of those combos as possible. Yeah, I agree with you. And I almost put this number at, like, four, because I feel like five is a lot, you know, if, if we go I back. Think, I think you're. I think yeah. that's a good number you put Three is, that. like, right there. I, I think I'll take the over. I almost even want to say push, but then I look at, you know, the guys that they drafted with Parham and Munford, you know, bringing guys in along the offensive line. You bring in bars. You know, there's been talk about Lester Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so again, friend of the program, Lester Cotton yeah. Sr., come on down. Like you said, I mean, so they've got a lot of guys that they're going to want to take a look at and kind of ship things around. And so I think we will definitely see more. I think, though, as this goes into the season, maybe turn this into a bit of a two-parter. I hope it's less than three when the season starts because I think that's better for the Raiders because, as you noted, the continuity with these guys along the offensive line. I think that that continuity is more important than a lot of other positions because of the communication that goes into it, making sure you're passing guys off correctly and getting the right reads on things. And, and I agree with you there, too. And me and you agreeing all the time, I guess, isn't, isn't great for the sake of our, uh, of our discourse. <laughs> but get I, our first take. I know, seriously. But I, I do agree with you where I think by the time this team gets to late in the preseason, I think we're going to have a pretty solid idea of what the starting offensive line is going to look like. And, and look, the reality of this thing is, too, is that you're one— 
literally one play away from having to blow it all up and get really, really creative. I mean, we look at Denzel Good last week. We talked about he played a single game. I don't think if you were to ask that coaching staff last year, hey, do you think Denzel Good's going to play one game? They said, absolutely not. Like, they think he's the kind of guy who can go for a full 17. But the reality of playing in the NFL is you got to be six deep, seven deep, eight deep on the offensive line because you just never know. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that with this team over year the after last year. couple years. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that was uh, what the COVID year, you know, it, that was, you know, I mean, it was, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, how many different people had to really be relied upon? And then at one point, everyone was going to be gone for the, the Tampa Bay game, right? Was what it was. Um, you know, so that's that thing where, you know, there is always, you're going to have to rely on your depth. And like, what do they say? You're only as good as your, your weakest link, yeah. you know, especially along the offensive line. So they need to get need to get everybody reps in the preseason and training camp is going to be massive for these guys to get that. I mean, talk about that COVID year, man. I mean, I think you and I were about two, two people away from getting called in to, to go play offensive line. But it, it just, it goes to show, and that's certainly the extreme situation, yeah, yeah. right? But it's like, that just shows you like. I, I, there was some stat, and I'll have to go back and find it, about how many different starting offensive line combinations the Raiders had that year in comparison to the rest of the NFL. And it was like, you know, Raiders up here, and then I guess, you know, you guys can't see since this is an audio medium, but like, and then Team 2 was like way down, way yeah. down the list. And it's, it just goes to show you, you need to have guys that you trust, especially... Especially, especially if you have when you you're a team like the Raiders that has so many talented pieces out wide, where you need to give Derek time to cook. Because as great as Devonte is, as great as Waller is, as great as Renfro is, as great as this running back room can be, and we'll talk about them in a second, it doesn't do very much good if Derek has 0.5 seconds to get the ball out. Like it, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, look, you look at this offense, and to me, the offensive line is the biggest, you know, quote unquote question mark. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in the simple fact of like, look at the receiving core. Got one of the one of if not the best dudes in the NFL. One of if not the best groups in the NFL in the receiving core. The running back room is stacked. Obviously, we all know what Derek Carr can do. Your tight ends are stacked. So really, the offensive line is the question mark again. One health. And two, you know, can they do it throughout the season, you know, in this new offense? And so that, to me, I I agree with you 100%. So important to get that continuity, all that stuff. Having said that, too, you noted the fact that they were pretty close to throwing us in there. I I eat like it in the press box. I mean, I I could could put on some extra pounds if they need me. If McDaniels needs me, man, I can keep eating like I do up the press box. I did. It was funny. (laughs) So the other day, uh, a few of us went to the rookie luncheon at Allegiant Stadium, and they did a a really kind of brief Q&A with with a few of the rookies. And and Dylan Parham was one of the guys, and, and he made me laugh because... Uh, I forget. The, the question was something about his kind of versatility, um, playing a handful of positions as a younger guy, and then ultimately kind of becoming the, the big, bad offensive lineman that he is today. But he had a really funny line about coming into college, and I think he said he, he stepped into stepped onto campus at 220, and he was like, I wasn't like a lean 220, but I was like kind of like a muscular, yeah. but I was, I was 220. Uh, do put on 50 pounds in a year of like good weight. It's crazy. And, and it was just pretty funny, like how he's describing it. He's like, yeah, you know, I got there at 220 and he's like, man, I was really enjoying college and, and I was, you know, in this program and I was, you know, putting on good weight. And he goes, and then I just kept eating. <laughs> I just kept eating and I woke up and I'm like, oh gosh, I guess I'm now a, a, an NFL caliber offensive lineman. But yeah, I mean, we even, that's a guy that we haven't even really talked about, no. about where he kind of fits into this whole mix. And that to me is, is going to be incredibly interesting too. Yeah, no, he really is because he has that position versatility, you know, at the mm-hmm. center, at the guard spots. I mean, I also wouldn't even be surprised if at some point they just throw him out of tackle just to say, hey, let's take a look. Yeah. You know, because he is that dude that has that big time versatility. But I, I think more so, I think he settles in maybe as the backup center this year, maybe get some looks there. You know, it, it seems like 
if I remember right around the draft, I remember Ziegler talking about it, and it almost sounded like that was where they more so wanted to kind of get a, a read on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other guy that I mentioned is Thayer Munford, too. Like, he's a yeah. big body guy. Another For guy, sure. we keep talking about versatility with this group. So, like, I hate saying the same thing over and over again, but he's another guy that does have that versatility. So, like, I'm curious to see them develop them because, as Ziegler even talked about before the draft, the offensive line, almost more than many other positions, is that developmental spot. So I'm real curious to see. Maybe we don't even really see these guys start to really turn into who they're going to be as NFL players, you know, a year, two, three years from now. But, like, maybe halfway through the season, we start to see some interesting little streaks out of them. You know, the reality is, too, is that I don't think that there's going to be any Raider fan out there who, if you give Thayer Munford, as an example, if you give him a redshirt year this year, I don't think there's anyone that's going to complain about that. You know, if you give him a year to sit behind Colton and and Alex or whoever ends up being on on that right side, and you say, hey, man, we want you to get bigger, to get stronger, to learn our system. And then, hey, maybe 2023 is a is a big dog year for you. I don't think there's any fan that's going to complain about that. But on the flip side, you're also one sprained ankle away from being like, all right, there, it's not Ohio State anymore, big fella. Let's go yeah. see what you got. So Exactly. At any point, you can be called upon, so you got to be ready. And I'd imagine, you know, again, Dylan Parham from Memphis, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So from Memphis, you know, not a massive program, but at the same time, the kid's been there, done that. I think he started all four years, if I remember right. Uh, you know, for Munford, another guy who's got a bunch of starts under his belt, but comes from a program like Ohio State. This is as close to the pros you can get. So he's going to be ready. They'll both be ready if they are called into action, I'd imagine. Yeah, 100%. So moving on to question, what are we at, Jesse? Are we at four now? Number four, four, yeah. Uh, so my question to you is, and this is kind of, I guess, more of a ambiguous type deal, but you know, who kind of ends up establishing themselves as kind of our big lead dog in that running back room in 2022? Yeah. And I, I think what's, you know, Dave and Josh have come in and they've been very open and transparent about it. everyone's getting a fresh slate, right? Everyone is getting a chance to show who they are. But to me, when I look at the running back room in particular, I, I really don't know how this shakes out. I really don't. Now, I am a huge Josh Jacobs fan. I will yep. remain a huge Josh Jacobs fan. I have never uh, you know, hidden from the fact that I really enjoy him personally, and I think he's a great player on the field too. I wonder, does Josh kind of take on that lead dog role again? Is it kind of a running back guy committee like we have seen in previous stops for Josh McDaniels? I just don't know, Jesse. I simply don't know. It's a it's a really good question because anything can happen. Because look, if you look back, and I hate keep going back to New England, but that's all we have to go off of with Josh McDaniels, you know, in recent years. So like I look back at it back at it, and fantasy managers know that is a running back by committee big time. And I think that they're gonna lean more towards that just given what they've done. You know, obviously they already had Josh and Drake. Well, then you go ahead and you bring in Bolden, and then you draft two running backs, you know? And, and Zeus is a guy that comes in, and I think he's going to get some burn, you know? So that's where I, I think it's going to be more of that running back by committee. Having said that, though, I think they're going to run Josh into the ground more than anybody else in the simple fact that they're going to give him more looks. That elusiveness that he brings to the table, to me, is something that, if you look back at the Patriots, you know, they haven't had somebody that's that's as elusive as he mm-hmm. is, you know, and so that's where I think he adds that interesting wrinkle into there. And I think the rest of the guys are gonna be more of those change of pace guys. Cause Josh is a guy that can do it all too. He can yep. pass protect. It's not like the guy is just shifty or can run through you or whatever. Like he's also a great pass protector. So he's a guy that can be out there on any down. So I think he does lead the way, and that's a maybe a cop out answer because it's Josh Jacobs, but I think it's closer than many people may think in terms of the numbers and the looks you guys actually get. You know, and really kind of expounding on this and looking down the road a little bit further to the 53 cut day, I'm really interested to see how many running backs 
end up on the roster. Yeah. Right? I mean, because we talk about that room. I mean, you talked about Jake, or excuse me, Jake, uh, Josh and Kenyon and the two rookies and Amir Abdullah. I, yeah, and I forgot about Holden and Jakob John. I mean, like, yeah. you're not going to carry nine running backs. So it's like, I, I am very interested to see about how, just in terms of roster management, that group kind of ends up looking. Uh, and even, you know, further down the line, how does it look on a game day? Like, how many of you guys are you going to have up? You know, like, it, it's it's an immensely interesting group. It's a fascinating group for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I think that we're going to obviously learn a lot during training camp. Yeah, I think the competition there is going to be one of the more interesting battles to watch. Just, again, simply off of the sheer numbers that are mm-hmm. there in that group, you know, where... It's going to be fun to see who actually does emerge, and I'd imagine just because they, like we said, I think they're going to spread it around a little bit more. It's like going to be like, hey, you better take advantage of the reps that you do get because you know outside of training camp, they're going to be few and far between for many guys. I think. Yeah, hundred percent, and and it's you know especially with an offense that can be as dynamic as this Raiders offense throwing the ball, like. Yeah, man. I mean, if you get eight touches, you better make the best of those eight touches. And you, to your point, you got to be able to pass protect too, because this offense is going to be high flying. They're going to be doing a lot of stuff, and, and you just got to. If you're a running back, and I mean this in a good way, you got to hold on and just be like, "All right, here, I'm, I'm here for the ride. Let's do it." Yeah. And the other interesting thing I think too is you know you go back and look at um, what was it the Patriots and Bills. You know how they ran the ball like a bajillion times and threw like two passes or yeah. whatever it was. I, I think when you see this offense. It could have the ability to do something like mm-hmm. that. And I think that's what Josh is going to do. Not sit here and run it, you know, 98% of the time, you know, but maybe there's a chance that he does. I think this is going to be an offense where he can say, hey, in this one, we are going to run the ball like crazy, throw it much less than we have, or we're going to air the crap out of the ball and start throwing this thing in, like, you know, all over the place. So the, the guys in this running back room, like you noted, need to be able to pass protect, need to be able to do those things. But there's going to be so many different, you know, game plans throughout the season because of the versatility of the, this offense and the guys that they have in the stable. So that's going to be another interesting thing is like, how do they balance it out given the fact that they could be used a ton one week and not so much the next week? Yeah, and I think that to me, just as kind of a fan, is, is a very interesting wrinkle of, of how much this offense has the ability to change week by week by week. And, and certainly playing in that beautiful stadium down there on the strip, we're not going to have to worry about the elements and the snow forcing you to, uh, to run the ball. But like, I think there's very much a world where this offense looks completely different week three compared to week four compared to week five and, and going down the road because, I mean, we have heard from so many people, people across the league that we respect immensely, that, that Josh McDaniels is an elite top-tier offensive mind. And so when you give him all the toys that he kind of has at his disposal, it almost makes you think, like, he is going to be able to be multiple. He is going to be able to keep defenses on their toes. And, and I think that, just as a, as a guy who enjoys watching the Raiders play football, like that to me will be really exciting come uh, the regular season. Yeah, it definitely will. And I'm also going to be real curious to see, you know, I noted it real quick there, but just Zeus, how much he gets, mm-hmm. you know, how much burn. Because I think he's the, outside of Josh Jacobs, I think he's the next closest clone to a Josh Jacobs, just simply in the fact of how violent he runs, you know. And that's going to be interesting to me is seeing, because I've heard that the kid can pass protect, and I'm real curious to see that. You know, can he? And, uh, you know, if he's able to, how quickly that maybe shoots him up the depth chart and how many more looks he does get. Yeah, it'll be, like I said, a fascinating group, a group that will have uh, no shortage of intrigue as we get to camp here in just over a month. So, Jesse Merrick, question five in regards to your Raiders offense. What do you got? All right, question five. This one, to me, it's kind of interesting because, you know, as we noted, there's going to be many different game plans. But do we see more two tight end sets or more four wide receiver sets out of this team? Ooh, boy. That is a good one. My oh gosh, my 
Oh, gosh. You're putting me on the spot. My gut tells me two tight ends. That's what my gut tells me. Yeah. My heart tells me I'd like to see more four, uh, four wide, but my gut tells me two tight ends just because, I mean, we talked about Foster a little bit earlier. We talked about Darren. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure that there's someone out there who can name a better tight end tandem in the NFL. Yeah. And I'm, you know, maybe there is one. But uh, in terms of guys with just raw skill, and, and Darren has been there, done that. I mean, it depends on your ranking of where he thinks is he a number one guy, number two, number, he's a top three tight end in the NFL. Uh, he can do it all. Foster, uh, a guy who is very versatile as well, a guy certainly with a different skill set than Darren, but a, a guy who's been doing it now. What is this year? Going to year three for Foster? Year four? I think you're four. Jeez. Yeah. We're getting old. Yeah. But uh, my gut tells me two tight end sets. What about you? Yeah. I, the wide receiver in me wants to disagree yeah, with you. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I do agree too. And I also, though, I think it's a bit of a cheat because Darren Waller is a tight end, but he's going to be lined up, you know, outside, split out, so yeah. many different positions. So I, I think, though, having said that, I think we are going to see Waller and, uh, you know, Foster out on the field together a lot more. Um, you know, the previous coaching staff noted that uh, Moreau was that Green Beret type of guy, you know, that they talked about could kind of do everything, where they're special teams, lining up, blocking, all those different things, running routes. I think he's a guy that's going to see, you know, a big jump in this offense under McDaniels. You know, he, he is that... Um, you know, Waller is that guy that is more, you know, has, has the insane athleticism and all these different tools. He's still obviously working on his blocking, and he talks about that a lot anytime he does uh, speak with us in the media. But Foster Moreau, I think, is more of that guy that's a little more well-balanced in his game that has a bit more of that blocking edge to him. And so I think the way that this team's going to run the ball, I think we see Foster out there more with Waller as well. Yeah, and I think it's it's also of note, we, we should try to figure out who that third tight end on the yeah. roster is going to be, too. I mean, I'm, I'm going through the list right now. we got Nick Bowers, Cole Fotheringham, Jacob Hollister, Jesper Horstead. I mean, you're, someone is going to make this roster, Yeah, right? I think that if, you, if you're Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, you feel pretty good about making this team and what you're going to do on this mm. team. But if you're, <laughs> if you're everyone else from the rest of that group, I mean— it feels, it feels, anyways, as we sit here and record today, it kind of feels like open season for that spot. It does. It'll, that'll be another interesting battle, I guess. Yeah, you know, if you're looking, you know, the diehards looking, uh, you know, third deep on uh, the tight end spot, I would give Hollister the early edge there, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm a Nick Bowers guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we could, we could see what Mr. Bowers has. But, uh, you know, definitely some some unknowns, some question marks. And and then this will go back to Dave Ziegler, too, kind of how he wants to build this roster, how he wants to manage that roster. Who is practice squad eligible? Who is not? Who do you want to make sure is going to be a part of your program for the next 12, 18, 24 months? So uh, it'll be a very interesting group. And, uh, and yeah, I think we this is one for sure where we're going to have to see what happens during training camp. Uh, and for the tight ends in particular, I think preseason is going to be huge for those guys. Definitely. Definitely, because that's the my boss and I were having this conversation the other day. You know, how much do we really see the starters in the preseason? I'm hopefully zero. Hopefully zero. But yeah. my my thing with that, my my devil's advocate argument was the fact that hey, we got a new coaching staff, new offense, all these different things. You know, what do they want to see from them? But having said that, you know, it is going to be interesting because they got to get a look at everybody, yeah. especially this this coaching staff because everyone is new to them. So. That's where, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those guys are used, those third, fourth, fifth tight end guys on the roster right now, how they're used throughout preseason, and maybe how that maybe kind of gives us a peek into what it could look like during the year. I'm with you. So I will bring it home with a nice little segue uh, of question six of our offensive six-pack, Jesse Merrick. Uh, we know what we're going to get from Devontae Adams, right? We know what we're going to get from Darren Waller. We know what we're going to get from Hunter Renfro. Give me a surprise wide receiver who ends up turning some heads during training camp 2022. And you got a long list, my friend. You got Keelan Cole, Justin Hall, Mac Hollins, Tyron Johnson, Demarcus Robinson, Dylan Stoner, DJ. I mean, you got a lot of names in there. 
And someone is going to have to step up because as good as Renfro is, as good as Devontae is, you need to be deeper than those two. So who is your guy headed into, I should not say heading into camp, but coming out of camp, who do you think is the guy that really kind of makes the most of his chances? Yeah, you know, I think the the layup answer would be Demarcus Robinson. Uh, to me, you know, he's and it's I'm I'm looking at his stuff right now. Just like you know, Google him real quick. He's six one two oh two. He looks way bigger than mm-hmm. that to me. Uh, when I saw him out there at minicamp, um, I think he's going to be that guy that does settle into more of that uh, you know number three uh, or well yeah number four type guy sure. really if you lump Waller into that. Uh, but it, between I think it's going to be between him and Keelan Cole because I think both of these guys have that buzzword versatility where they can line up both outside and in the slot and kind of do a little things. Keelan Cole is an interesting guy because he's a lot like Demarcus Robinson. I kind of thought he was a burner. Not that like five four five is not like you know it's not slow. Yeah, but you look at Keelan Cole. He's a four three forty guy. You know, comes in very similar size six one one ninety four. You know, I, I think he's a guy that's going to be an interesting one to watch in this offense and see how they use him. I think he will slide around both inside and outside and maybe kind of work his way up there and be battling with Dem- uh, Demarcus Robinson to really get a good look in that number four spot. You know, and the good thing about Demarcus Robinson, too, just kind of going through his, his stats right now, dude doesn't miss games. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his, at his history, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 17 games. So just doing my math, has Demarcus Robinson never missed a game in his NFL career? You know, I, I think... I think I remember seeing someone tweet that out. Not that Twitter is the, <laughs> always sure. the best thing for, for confirming these things, but I believe I remember seeing that out there. So I think that's true, which is wild to me. That is, I mean, that's that's nuts. Going back to 2016, this yeah. is a dude that hasn't missed a game. So, I mean, look, you got to be more than just available mm-hmm. to be an effective member of this offense. But you can't help the team if, you, if you're sitting on the sidelines nursing an ankle or whatever it is. But uh, a guy to keep an eye on, and this is my, you know, I don't know anything, right? I'm just a guy that I'm intrigued by, I should say, heading into camp. DJ Turner. This is a guy, like, look, a guy that I'm excited to see during training camp, a guy that I think could very much fill a need, fill a role on this roster in 2022. Now, is he going to be the second coming of Devontae or Tyreek Hill? Probably not, and that's okay. But I still think a guy that, if given the opportunity, can fill a role very nicely on this Raiders offense. Yeah, DJ Turner's that guy. I remember both of us talking about him last yep. year, the training camp pod, you know, uh, about him. He, he, he brings some real interesting elements to the table. The thing for me is the guy just looks like he could run routes in a phone booth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's so compact and quick and in and out of his breaks and things like that. And then he's also got the buzzword versatility to be able to return punts and things like that too so he's a guy that I think does make this team and does maybe get some burn here this year because again as we noted you know guys are gonna have to step up at different points throughout the year he's one in limited you know uh usage I'd be real curious to see what he does with that uh, opportunity. I, I would, too. And, and before we get out of here, Matt Collins, too. Don't yeah. sleep on Matt Collins. A guy that I don't want to say flew under the radar as a free agent signing, but I don't know. Another one to uh, keep an eye on as we get to camp next month. Big-bodied guy that mm-hmm. could maybe be thrown out there, and then all of a sudden you've got like you know all this size down yeah. the goal line if you throw him out there with Devontae and Waller and Moreau and all that stuff, and then let Hunter run around next to all these trees, you know. You, you know what? I, you know the uh, the vibe I get from Mac Hollins, and you, you obviously didn't cover the team too too close when we were in, when we were in Oakland. Mm-hmm. But I very much get kind of um, Andre Holmes vibes mm-hmm. from Mac Hollins. So yeah. if you if you've been a Raider fan for a minute, you'll remember Andre Holmes, part of those those really good offense, like really good offense in 2016. He was there a little bit before and a little bit after. But a big body dude, a lanky guy, just an athlete. Certainly not going to beat a lot of folks in a foot race. Yeah. But when you get down into the red zone. I mean, it feel like it felt like Derek just 
I mean, he saw he was he was kind of that first safety blanket down close to the goal line for Derek. And I mean, you got to give him credit because they had a lot of success just throwing that little that little fade in the in the back corner. And and you know, you need to have those guys who can say, hey, you're you're a big stretch four, go get the ball. Give me, give me a touchdown. And, and so I'm not saying Matt Collins is going to fill that role, but I'm just saying I feel uh, I see a similar kind of uh, skill set when I look at him. Yeah, no, I definitely could as well. And I, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, not to put the guy in a box, but I, I'd imagine they brought him in to be like, hey, man, we're just going to throw you down there. Go get the ball. Yeah. Go do your thing. Like, you are a big dude. Let's outmuscle some people. Let's box them out and get that thing. You yeah. know, I, I could see that being a role that develops for him. I mean, Look, he's a guy last year, 14 catches, 223 yards, and four touchdowns. Those aren't, you know, numbers that are going to jump off the page to you, but I think he could be that guy that, you know, in some key situations gets a look, and, you know, we'll see if he can come down with him in the red zone. And, and if you're a Raiders fan going into 2022, you want to see this team get better in the red zone. So yeah. if you have, the more options you have mm-hmm. down in, in the red areas, Lewis Riddick likes to call it, the more options you got there, the better. Because, look, this offense was dynamic. It was really explosive in 2022, but. If you look at one area for them to get better, we want touchdowns, not field goals, as much as I love the cash money man. 100%. I think for someone like you to admit that, it, it breaks my big. heart. Yeah, yeah. It breaks my heart. <laughs> Although I did, I, did see, uh, I did see my man Carlson the other day, and I don't know if this, is, uh, if this has surfaced yet on the interwebs, the man's got some some good flow going on right now. Oh yeah, like he's he's growing the hair out. We had a nice little chat about it. Like he's definitely going through a process, uh, and I'm excited as he takes this next five six weeks to focus on the follicle growth to really see what this looks like when he reports for training camp. But just uh, something to keep an eye on if you're a fan. The uh, the the Cash Money Carlson hair look for 2022. AJ Cole, watch out. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, AJ's, I mean, you've seen it on Twitter. AJ's hair is looking pristine these it's days. It's good, but if Carlson's coming at he's him, he's coming at him. him. He's I coming. Mean, he's coming. And he's it's, coming for it's, the it's throne. Good. That's the real training camp battle to watch. Yeah. That's the real battle. Who's got better specialist hair by the time we get to week one? Uh, <laughs> Daniel Carlson or, uh, or my man AJ Cole. But we will talk about the specialists. It won't be today or it won't be tomorrow, but I promise you, we will talk about the specialist. Uh, so, Jesse Merrick, on our way out, 30 seconds of plugs. Where can the good people find you? On Twitter, at JesseNews3LV, and most nights on Channel 3 as well. You know, anchoring the sportscast with my guy, Brian Salmon. Love that. Shout out to Brian as well. So, until next week, when we take a look at the Raiders' defense headed into 2022, as Eddie Pascal, my man, Jesse Merrick. Shout out to Ray and Alexandra, who keep our entire operation afloat, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions. And we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, as we crack open a Another six-pack on Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Advanced security from Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi protects your connected devices from online threats 24-7. But hey, you're probably safe without it. Probably. Like how that free streaming website was probably not a scam. Someone's probably not stealing your bank info as we speak to buy a four-story Chalet Grand. Yeah, you're probably fine. Or you could know your network is covered with advanced security from Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Restrictions apply. Copyright 2020 Cox Communications, Inc. All rights reserved. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation.